there's something about him I feel like it's me I'm looking right at him He's literally me Alright, welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host, Joseph. And I'm your co-host, Emilio. Alright, so here we are with our second episode, uh, and this episode's going to deal with Blue Valentine. And this is going to be our first romantic film. So just to start it off, I wanted to ask Emilio, Emilio... For you, for the listeners that don't know, he works and interacts with people all day. He works at a brewery. He works at two breweries and he interacts with a lot of people. So I wanted to ask him, have you ever like, since we're talking about a romantic film, have you like ever fallen in love with any of the patrons? Have you ever had like a misconnection, anything like that? Um, you know, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say fallen in love with like customers that come in. I would say there's more, well, I mean, for the better part of, or no, it's not, not, not the better part, for the longer part of when I was working, I was in a relationship at the time, Um, which I mean, it, there's not to say that there were like gorgeous people that walked in through the brewery, Um, even some that were gorgeous, but very heavily intoxicated, which obviously break, brought them down some points because they looked pretty sloppy, but um. I wouldn't say I I've had like love at first sight interactions there. I've definitely had like missed connections where like you kind of feel like you're having like a genuine uh thing like a genuine like I like I'll have like a genuine conversation or I'll have this feeling of like oh this person's really cool or oh this person seems nice. I would I I wonder how it would be to hang out with them outside of work. But most of the time it is like when they are a little bit intoxicated. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to tell like if it's genuine or not. I've never really pursued those personally because one, it's late as fuck. It's like two in the morning. Sure. And yeah. Yeah, all I'm thinking about is going back home <laughs> Yeah, to, to, to sleep. And yeah, I think there is like, it's weird because it's you're meeting a stranger one on one, and the idea that I'm a little bit more sober because I do. I don't think any of my managers like listen to this. Um, well, at least like at the brewery, um, I do. I'll have like occasionally like a drink mm-hmm. s- spread out throughout my shift. Yeah. So not to say like oh like I'm sober and this person's intoxicated like I can't really connect with yeah. them. But there is kind of like that barrier, that mental barrier for me of like, I don't know if I should pursue that. Whereas if I went went out one on one with someone else, then like it's no problem. So I would say, yeah, there's more like misconnections than like love at first sight. But there are a lot of like gorgeous people that walk through (laughs) the brewery. So, but I haven't like had that Ryan Gosling moment. I think that happened more in high school. If anything, <laughs> when I was very heavily influenced by him. I Yeah, I like that you bring that up because, okay, so we're tackling today Blue Valentine. 
And in the movie, uh, Ryan Gosling is very much like a person who falls in love way too fucking easily, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and it did remind me of like high school. Um, this infatuation that you'll have, like that's super fucking intense. Of course, when you're a kid, everything is incredibly intense. And that's what that movie reminded me of. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I guess let's just get into it. Let's break down this movie. Um, Blue Valentine released in 2010. Um, it stars Michelle Williams, who was in, what was the movie she was in recently about Steven Spielberg? Uh, the Fablemans. Yeah. She played uh, Steven Spielberg's mom. Uh, Ryan Gosling's in it, of course, as Dean. We have, uh, and then Mike Vogel, who is a guy who's done a bunch of like TV shows. And then, dude, I just looked this up right now, but the director is Derek Seinfrance. Oh, yeah. Derek Seinfrance. Yeah. Sorry. Seinfrance. And he's I done, I, I'm, probably the that. I'm probably saying that. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm definitely saying that wrong. But yeah, that's what got <laughs> me to watch Blue Val- uh, The Place Beyond the Pines was I was like, oh shit, it's another Derek Ryan combination how can he miss and you I know mean, he um he directed and co-wrote that series on hbo with mark ruffalo called uh ah uh, 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 fuck damn it let me look it up it's, um, I, I think i know which one it's like he plays uh he plays two characters right? he plays uh, brothers, yeah, twin and brothers. One's like schizo- and like one's schizophrenic or something yeah it is i be honest, I saw like one episode of that show and I was like, hey, this looks pretty good. And then I just didn't continue. <laughs> it's called I Know This Much Is True. There you go. Um, yeah. That is also a really good show. And Mark Ruffalo is very good in it. Um, I remember I saw like the trailer for that show. And the immediate grab was uh, Derek on France. And I do like Mark Ruffalo. I kind of can't stand him outside of <laughs> acting. but. Um, uh, and then for the trailer, they use the Beach House song on the sea. Wait, <laughs> why can't you stand him outside of acting? Um, just just the stuff he posts on social media is kind of corny. Yeah, his tweets are very like, and his tweets they're, they're super like not to sound not to get too political, but he's very like neoliberal. Like let's all just unite and uh, vote yeah. Democrat all the time. <laughs> like yeah, that type of shit. I hope yeah. we do that. Dude. Yeah, so like I'm, I still follow him, but I think I just did not interact with his posts enough to know to where I never see them. But then I'll see one, and I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like that grabbed me, and then also they use a beach house song on the sea in the trailer that is yeah. used very well in the trailer. I wish I'll probably look it up after, like whoever edited um the first trailer for that show, but I like. It was I was like enamored by it. And it's a really good show. I definitely recommend it. I love that Beach House song. If you were if you were to pass away and I played that song at your funeral, would you approve? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I want everyone okay. to cry at my funeral. All right, then we got it on written testimony right now. <laughs> um all right. Oh, he also did uh he also directed uh, uh Sound of Metal, which I fucking love oh, that movie. Oh yeah, that's right. It's a badass movie. I love that movie so much. Yeah, it's um, a really good movie. So yeah, Blue Valentine, just to start off. Um, 
you want to give a, a synopsis of it? Like what, what, what's the movie about? Yeah. Uh, so it follows Ryan Gosling character, Ryan Gosling's character and Michelle Williams's character. Um, they live in a quiet, they're living a quiet life in a modest neighborhood to the casual observer. Everything appears normal if a bit subdued, but a closer examination reveals a couple caught in a downward spiral. They appear to have the world at their feet at the outset of the relationship. However, his lack of ambition and her retreat into self self absorption cause potentially irreversible cracks in their marriage. Did you write that yourself? No, I read that <laughs> on Google. <laughs> I was like, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> if I were to like, do my version, it would be, uh, it's about a movie with Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams where it's, they're portraying a hyper-realistic failing relationship. <laughs> yeah. That's also fucking perfect. Yeah. I just, just to give background to a listener, like I, we didn't discuss a synopsis. I just like, I just threw that onto Emilio right now, and you fucking just hit a home run. Holy shit, that was good. Actually, I wrote all that. <laughs> okay, even better. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. But um, yeah, so their character's name, uh, Ryan Gosling's character is named Dean, and then uh, Michelle Williams' character is named Cindy. Um, and it starts off there. We see that they're married. Uh, they have a kid together who's about like four or five, um, and uh, it starts off, you see that they're kind of contentious with, one, when, with uh, one another. You can really tell that they're like in a bad place. Uh, and the first thing, the first problem that occurs is that they have lost their dog, the the kid's dog. Um, and so the first act is them trying to find this dog. It all culminates in then ending up at a recital for their daughter. It's like a 4th of July uh, recital or something. She's singing like Yankee Doodle. And then um, Cindy comes late and she's crying and she tells uh, Dean, Ryan Gosling's character, that the dog, that she found the dog and the dog's dead. And what really struck me in this scene is that the first, like, if you have a partner and obviously they're distressed and crying, maybe the first thing you want to do is be comforting and say something nice. But the first thing out of his mouth is, how many times did I tell you to lock that fucking gate? And that was so fucking harsh and real that got me to respond so bad. Like, whoa, dude, damn, that's harsh. Yeah, isn't um, he like kind of like he's trying to watch the recital and like he's looking here, he's like, why didn't you lock the fucking gate? How many times have I told you to lock that gate? Yeah. That's that shit is that's so real. Like that 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 really impacted me. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Like after coming off of watching um freaking uh fracture i was coming into this movie like with my hands crossed like waiting for just waiting just to talk shit but that really got me i was like damn that's pretty good um also i want to point out that ryan gosling has a receding hairline in the movie <laughs> and calling yeah, this does. podcast literally him that was a moment i was like already man right off the bat i am literally <laughs> I'm him with a, <laughs> a fucking receding hairline holy shit i'm gonna be a painter when i get older <laughs> Be a painter and have a receding hairline. Um, there is one thing that I noticed too is that his character Dean is like kind of semi constantly drinking. Yes, yes, yeah, it's I think a huge I, thing. Yeah, I think he's drinking like what Budweiser or something like that. He's always drinking beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really threw me off when I when I 
when I watched it young, as as I was younger, it was kind of like those things didn't stand out to me. More of the things that stood out to me were like the romantic bits and like, wow, this guy's trying really hard to like maintain this relationship. But when I saw that scene, I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think if I were someone in the audience and I heard that, I'd be like, hey, buddy, take it easy. Your wife just yeah, man. Found, the, found your family's dead dog there. And you'd probably be like, what? Shut the fuck up. Like, like <laughs> just like looking to pick a fight. <laughs> You're very good at doing a uh, Ryan Gosling scream whenever he does a high pitched scream. You're very good at doing that. <laughs> Takes a lot of practice. <laughs> another thing that uh all right so also about this movie which by the way uh one thing we have not talked about and has come up as a thing is uh for our listeners is that maybe you might feel pressure to like watch the movie before you listen to the podcast i mean me personally i just say fuck it just listen to the podcast we're not going to cover a hundred percent we will give spoilers obviously but whatever if you like it go ahead and watch the movie after but um yeah, something about the movie is that, uh, or a big plot point of the movie is that we're cutting in between uh, their current situation uh, with Dean and Cindy married, and then we cut back to how they met. Um, so right after the scene, the super intense scene, we cut to like, well, they don't give a time frame, but we assume, oh, we actually do eventually, but it's five years earlier. And we see Dean, he's in Brooklyn. He's a high school dropout, and he wants to get a job in a moving company. Um, let me see what I wrote down real quick. Uh, the first thing that I noticed about, uh, this scene is that how shaky the camera is. Um, and yeah. it really gave me like 2000, early 2010, late 2000, like vibes, like eternal sunshine of a spotless mind and Juno. And immediately that aged the movie for me. And I didn't like that. What did you think about that? Um, well, like my thing is when I get really into a film, I'll kind of look up um, behind the scenes stuff like interviews that the actors give, what the directors say, and they try to really ground it in like a sense of realism. So I that's why like a lot of things were feel like like the filming feels kind of like rush and everything feels kind of very intimate or close spaced is because they are they are kind of I mean for lack of a better word they're shooting like on the fly um yeah. like they're I know they're I watched an interview actually after watching the movie where Ryan and uh, Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams are talking about how it was on set and there would be times where uh the director Derek Cian Franz would be like, we're going to shoot a scene where you wake up in the morning. So we're just going to put you in this room. And you're going to fall asleep and we'll set up some cameras and then like set an alarm for you. And then we'll kind of sneak in and we'll kind of record, we'll, we'll film you as you're waking up. So it was trying to really ground in that sense of realism. So I think that's why like it didn't really take me out of it, but rewatching it does feel really, it did age. But I think it's also because of how it was filmed in terms of like what cameras they used and all that. It definitely does feel like an older movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, so initially, like I didn't like that too much. It made me think of the early 2000s. Sorry, we, can't 2000s. Have, we all can't have a Christopher Nolan Oppenheimer <laughs> IMAX <laughs> film. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, I mean, like, I just, I, it just, like, I think mostly because that time, I think about myself as a, as a teenager, mm. and I just cringe so hard when I think of myself during that time. So I think about watching movies like Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist and being like, that's love. That's what it should be. And it makes me just feel like an idiot. But um, besides that, I think the characters themselves are super, super complex and can be likable and I can hate them a lot at the same time. Um, let's see real quick. Uh, so one thing that makes Dean really likable off the bat is when we cut to this uh, flashback, he's in a moving company and one of his first jobs for the moving company is moving a world war ii veterans stuff into a retirement home yeah and he takes the time to unpack his stuff uh decorate the the his uh his room and stuff like that and you really like feel for dean you think he's a sweet guy and that's how he ends up meeting cindy in the first place because right across from the hall is cindy's grandmother's room one thing that uh i that we should point out too is that Cindy is going out with someone already. Like she's already in what well, in the flashback uh, yeah. around the time she meets Dean, she's in a relationship with, um, let me look up the name real quick of this character, but this boyfriend of hers, Bobby, Bobby. Yeah. Um, this boyfriend of hers is in college, I believe. And yeah, he's a wrestler. They're both in college, yeah. Yeah, they're both in college um, at the time. We, me and Emilio talked about this movie beforehand. Sorry, everyone. We talked <laughs> before, not just on the podcast. But um, one thing I pointed out to Emilio is that I think I already came in with this mindset that I wanted to not like the movie. So one thing that I didn't like is when they showed Cindy in her younger years, she has a really like manic pixie girl type of energy to her. <laughs> And when we first meet her, she's in a wheelchair. And so you think like, <laughs> oh, she must have like broken her leg or something. They don't really explain it. I, she just says like, I'm doing this for research. And I guess it's for a, a class or something. But she doesn't need the wheelchair. She's just like messing around and riding on it. So right yeah. off, so because of that, I was like, okay, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like her. She's kind yeah, of she's very like so quirky. Ah, you know, like, uh -huh. <laughs> I'm so quirky. I'm uh, in a wheelchair. It's for it's for school. Okay. And while we're on this subject, just to jump ahead a little bit, when she first meets, or not the first time she meets Dean, but the second time they meet each other is on a bus, and she tells him a joke, and I really didn't like the joke. Do you remember the joke she she tells? Oh shit! I don't. I don't remember. I know. I know it's really cringy and I know it has something to do with like death maybe. Yeah. Like I don't even want to say it on the podcast because it's just so <laughs> weird, but that was another point where I didn't like the character Cindy. But if I had, if we had recorded this show, this episode, like immediately after watching this, I would have just come in and said that. And that would have been my final piece. But I think it's good because I think about my own youth and I think about stupid and cringy shit that I would say in the past. And then when we come back to Cindy in the present time, she is like a really good mom. She is on top of things. She's sick of Dean's shit because Dean is so annoying. So like I end up liking her a lot. She's like the best character, the most relatable in the end. Yeah, I just remember. Um, 
I had a thought right now. It was that the her personality when she's younger is kind of like it does rewatching it it does kind of take you back to that like nostalgic kind of feel um which i guess they executed pretty well because hearing what you just said right now that she plays like this quirky like oh like i'm funny and witty and i say weird shit i'm not like normal girls like there's so many uh girls that i've been in high school that were like that <laughs> so it definitely gives brings like it gives like that nostalgic vibe of like they're years younger. Like yeah. they're they've matured so much and like they're so different in their older years. I mean I think to be fair, we were exactly like that too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We we're pretty cringy. I've said some cringy shit. Stupid. Um but yeah, we've been friends um, for a while. <laughs> one <Okay>, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> one thing about when they're older that really kind of resonated with me or like, like really like struck a core was when they go to this motel, which is essentially uh-huh. like a love and sex motel. Yep. It's a one thing that I, that I do like, and that I think is really funny is where, when he goes, uh, he's like, do you want to stay in like the moon one or the, Oh man, I wish I can remember exactly what the words were. But he's like he he you can kind of tell in his tone like he knows it's stupid. Yeah. Like Ryan Gosling's character, he's like, Do you want to stay in this one? Or do you want to stay in this one? It's kind of like pointing out the absurdity of it. Um, yeah. but he's also trying to make it like genuinely like 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 this is fun. Like this is gonna be fun for us. And then you get there and the tone is just like it's so you already know like it's not gonna end well yeah (laughs) like by the way have i been yelling into the microphone no no i don't think so why have i (laughs) no no because i'm using my airpods and i had the uh the sound uh whatchamacallit when you like noise cancellation noise cancellation and i I, like i couldn't hear myself so i was i felt like i was yelling and then i turned it off i was like oh shit i was kind of yelling into the microphone right (laughs) Oh no, no, not at all. You sound Cindy great. is the most relatable. <laughs> I like her. Okay. No, yeah, but I I like that scene too because it's right after where uh Dean's character buries a dog and he has an emotional breakdown. And what really caught me in this scene is that uh Cindy is up and about after uh she's walking around the whole house cleaning after she got off of work and found the dog dead. And Dean is just on his ass sitting the whole time, like moping and literally in her way as, as she's trying to clean. But uh, then he decides to rent that sleazy motel. And his mm-hmm. line was, um, I just want to get drunk and make love. Oh man, that's so romantic. <laughs> it's oh, dude. It's so painful to watch. The, it's so oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. Yeah. Isn't he like, isn't he on the phone? Yeah, that's when he's on the phone, right? He's on and, the phone trying to book the room. Yeah. And he's uh he's saying that to her and also telling her what the room is. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's so hard to to watch that scene. But it but it, that's what I like about the movie. I, I don't know how often I would watch this movie going into it. You warned me that it it that it is a tough watch because it's just deals with so much real shit. But mm. um it felt 
real. It felt really real. <laughs> like this is a real decaying marriage that you're watching. Um, but anyways, uh, to cut back. So the movie cuts back and forth between the present and the past. Um, and uh, one thing that's significant that happens in the movie is that there's a scene where Cindy is with her, uh, her ex-boyfriend or boyfriend at the time, Bobby, who's a wrestler in college and they end up having sex and Bobby is a real asshole, way worse than Dean, a huge, huge dickhead. And he ends up uh, not telling Cindy that he's not wearing a condom and he ends up ejaculating inside of her, which is feels like just a scene to point out how much of an asshole that Bobby is, but it becomes really crucial. So listeners remember that scene um, <laughs> of the three characters. Who do you feel that you related to most Emilio? Oh, definitely Dean. Um, definitely like, I think watching films like that, instilled something in me that I kind of already have, which is like a stubbornness. Um, so like just him trying so hard to like maintain this relationship, even though you can tell like there's so many underlying like things that really bother him yeah. about their relationship and like the decisions he's made leading into like sticking around he's really like sticking it out. Yeah. And I do have that trait in me for sure. Not only like when it comes into like relationships, but just anything else in general. And it's kind of like a stubbornness. Um, so I would say like, I do relate with his character a little more. Um, watching it, they, I, we kind of do have the same sense of humor, but I wouldn't say like that. I think I think I would say we're similar in those aspects aspects. Like if I barely started dating somebody and they're like, Oh, I'm pregnant, I wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, like let's have a family. Like that's insane. Like that's the most insane shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Especially like um yeah. Yeah, probably just in those two aspects. I don't want to come off as like a simp or anything, so I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and like I said, I relate to Cindy more, so hey, this is the perfect duo for a podcast, man. Damn, dude, this podcast is going to crash and burn in a love and sex motel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that scene too. It was so funny because yeah, the whole, he's booking this hotel, but it reminded me of, um, of a Simpsons episode where Homer, uh, books a hotel just like that. And they end up getting there and, uh, they get a room called the boiler room and they walk in <laughs> and it's just the janitor's closet. <laughs> oh man. That's so good. I love the Simpsons. So, yeah, so in the movie, uh, Dean and Cindy finally connect on a bus and they have a date. Um, and you get to see them when they were younger. And one thing that the a scene that stuck out to me is that on their date, they're like uh, being really loud in the middle of the street. They're like wrestling and like fucking getting on top of each other in the middle of the street. And they start like making out at one point. And um, it made me super uncomfortable to watch. It reminded me of um, being young and stupid and not having anywhere else to go, not having your own privacy. So you have to do like dumb shit, like make out with someone openly out in the street. 
And uh, yeah, it made me really uncomfortable. <laughs> what do you think about that scene? <laughs> I, I, I like that scene. Um, it kind of just shows like how, uh, um, how, how young, like you said, like how young they are and like how blinded they are by like this um, small fling in the moment that they're having with each other but that's also funny that you say that because that is like some high school shit that like people would do yeah. like like just running around he has a ukule- ukulele for some reason dude like what was he gonna do with that thing like where'd that thing come from me of high school so bad just people <laughs> having random ass ukuleles and knowing like two three chords that they played over and over again yeah and Fuck then she happens to uh, know how to tap dance and it oh it, it yeah just melds together so well they're just like yeah. two dumb kids Ab- yeah absolutely so yeah like i said initially watching it i i really hated that i didn't like that right <laughs> off the bat but then um they know how late it about, is what are they doing just being all loud out there on the street i felt very much like a cranky man watching this <laughs> but that but that's another point too because if i had watched this when i was a kid I would have thought that this was like, oh my God, they're so cool. And why did, why did their marriage have to end? And I also would have related with Dean way more because he's like fun and he takes it easy and Cindy's all uptight. But now that I'm an adult and I have to pay bills and I have to work and do all this <laughs> bullshit. Now I'm totally on Cindy's side. She is, she is way too put together for fucking Dean. Yeah. I think um, like one thing that really, comes together towards the end is how um there's like a, that this constant like tension between them uh, i was watching the scene where they're they're i think they're having dinner in the hotel or sorry yeah. motel and she's like like what else do you want to do like and he, he just goes what do you mean oh well you're so you have so much talent like what like what talent? Oh well, you can sing and 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 you can you can dance. You're you're you can paint. You have so much potential. And he he kind of like shoots it down immediately. He's like, "What is that? Like, what's potential? Like, what do you mean?" Yeah. And I wrote down that line. He uh, she asked him like, "Isn't there you want to do like besides painting? Because his job is a painter. That's all he does. Yeah. Uh, which is a no. Hey, it's a job. Don't don't make don't put anyone down for any goddamn job they have. They're working. All right." Um, but his response is so like heartbreaking. He says back to her, it wasn't my goal to be anyone's husband or father, but here I am just like, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) It kind of sounds like, like a dig. Like it's definitely like a dig at her. Um, like they kind of just like poke at each other. Like that whole, the idea of like, I'm sure she knows that he doesn't want to do anything else. And like, if when you're with someone for a long time and like nothing changes, like you can kind of start to see like, okay, well, like maybe they're in a rut or maybe Mm -hmm. they're in a bad place. Uh, Maybe if I suggest something to help them out, but that response is like kind of setting the tone at like, no, like this is it. And also fuck you for saying that because I didn't want to have a family, but here we are. And he also says, she says, like, don't you want to change a job where you, where you don't have to get up and drink before you go? And he, yeah, he says, yes. like, what do you mean? 
like this this job is great i have a job where i can have a drink before i go in and then i can go work and paint a house and um the people are like oh wow this is so nice like i did such a good job and then i can come home and have a beer again like i'm living the dream like what like this is fantastic and i was like i mean like no no disrespect to like anyone who has those ideas of like this is what i want to do but i think just like in terms of their relationship it's so drastic and it creates more of like that tension that leads into that ultimate like um the chaos that ensues after that yeah i agree like the tension is so grounded in reality just the basic thing of like one person wanting more and one person just totally content with what they have um I'm kind of like biting my tongue saying this because I live with my father and um, <laughs> he's in the next room. But this very much reminds me of my parents and how they were playing as a kid. <laughs> so it was like watching this. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> this is yeah. rough. I got, I got a lot of that too. Like watching um, them argue with each other about. Yeah. They're arguing with, with each other about the things they don't like about their partner. And it can also be that underlying tone of like their own insecurity and they're kind of throwing yeah. it at each other. Um, yeah. Like my, my parents would do that too. Like when they would argue, like they would say like, Oh, well, like you need to work on this and this is why yeah. this is where we're at. But also um, from my relationships, I do see that too. Or my mm -hmm. past like relationships was that it got to a point where, we would kind of be pointing out each other's flaws and in doing so, like it wouldn't make things better. It would kind of make things worse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think it's a very good, I think it's a good film to watch in general, but I can see like if you're in a new relationship and you watch this, it can instill like yeah. a lot of fear, like a lot absolutely. of fear. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, did you watch this movie with uh, Carolina? No, I did not. And I think we should. I'll pro we'll probably watch it together. Yeah. All three of us should watch it together. <laughs> <laughs> just ball together. Just going to be um, like, just going to be drunk. Be like, yep, that's what happened. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, uh, honestly, yeah. Going into it, I was like already like, man, I hope this doesn't reflect any bullshit that like, anything anything to do with my relationship but then i watched and i was like this just reminds me of my exes to be honest like <laughs> i'm in a good space but um yeah have you i want to ask you have you ever stayed at like a grimy motel before um a grimy motel no i don't think so actually i don't think i've ever i don't think i've ever stayed in a motel in my adult life definitely when i was younger like going mm. to SeaWorld or something, mm -hmm. um, which I don't go to anymore, and I condemn SeaWorld just <laughs> on the record. I, um, but watch Blackfish many times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't think I've been in a motel. Oh, I'm really trying to think. Yeah, I don't think I've been in a motel. I've gotten like hotel rooms and stuff like that. But I, I think I. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, because yeah, I have and. 
I, dude, like it just sucks. Like when you're <laughs> younger, it's no big deal. It's just like, whatever, I just need a bed. But the older you get, obviously you don't want to stay in a place that stinks like cigarettes. Then your doors <laughs> right outside to a freeway and there's a bunch of random people outside. And so they're I was just thinking, staring at you smoking a cigarette. Yeah, dude, like knocking on your window and shit. <laughs> um, so I can't imagine getting into a big ass fight with someone you love in a shitty place. Like that just adds fuel to the fire. Like it was just so gut wrenching to watch them fight in this motel, especially in the aren't what are they in the the space the space room or the moon room. So, so yeah, so they're fighting, but on top of that, it's all like lit by a big ass blue LED light and yeah. the bed spins and it just, it's just so fucking uncomfortable. I think that oddly um, like sets the tone of, um, that scene as well. Like it's dark and like the lighting looks bad. I, I honestly think the lighting looks great from a, like a cinematography perspective. Like yeah. it, it really sets the tone, but. Uh, yeah, like you, like as soon as they walk in, like you get this sense of like mundane or like dread, like, like, fuck, they're like really trying to salvage something here. Yeah. Um, another notable thing that I wrote down is that this is the first time we've seen Ryan Gosling's butt. Uh, what'd you <laughs> think of that butt, Emilio? Um, I mean, it's all right. I've seen Ryan Gosling look better, honestly. I mean, he is like as, an aging dad or yeah, he is like an aging man now in the film. He looks fucking great though. I mean, like, uh, like oh, now yeah. on his press tours for, for, I mean, he's always looked great, but his press tours right now for uh, Barbie, he looks fucking ripped and yeah, he looks great. Yeah. He's probably on that Sazul. <laughs> he's that on a cycle right now. Yeah. He's probably on a cycle. I mean, the guy's like, what? He's going to be 50. Yeah, he's yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna get up there. Yeah, probably honestly, yeah, that kind of bums me out to to hear that. But you're probably right. He's probably doing like something, at least ketamine or something. <laughs> Ketamine. <laughs> just like it's stuck <laughs> in the K hole at the Barbie premiere. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I mean, I was, yeah, like I've seen, sorry, I've seen, it. I've seen a better physique from Ryan Gosling, but he looks better than me, so. I can't. Has he ever shown his his butt before in anything else? That's an odd question you're asking me. Um, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think <laughs> if anyone's gonna know, it's gonna be you. <laughs> uh, I don't think so, actually. I don't think he has. Yeah, I've seen. I mean, yeah, I've seen a number of his movies. I don't. This, I, when I saw his butt, I was like, "Hey, I've never seen that before." <laughs> the dude oh, that's right, called out butt. to me. All right, check that off my list. I turned one in, into one of those truck drivers at the fucking motels I stayed at. Um, so, um, so in the movie, another scene that's super crucial is that they get into a big old fight right after this discussion. Um, and it's really, oh God, it's so hard to watch because uh, I was going to call him Ken right now. Dean wants another kid really bad. And Cindy just doesn't want to have a kid with him. And so they end up getting drunk, they pass out, and then Cindy gets called into work and she leaves Dean behind in the motel, which like I think is pretty messed up, but I mean, what are you going to do and what are you going to do? You're going to drag him out, he's like passed out drunk, whatever. And this all culminates in a big fight that they have publicly at Cindy's workplace. Um and Cindy works at a doctor's office. She's like uh, she, I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be a nurse. Yeah. And 
on top of this, we also get to see how heartbreaking Cindy's life is outside of Dean, away from Dean. Uh, she's talking to her boss, and her boss is trying to convince her to move to a uh, a town, a few towns over t- to a new clinic he's trying to open up. And he says something to the effect of, and you don't have to bring your kid. You don't have to bring Dean. You can rent an apartment, and uh, you don't have to worry about being alone because we can go out together. And he's insinuating, like, we can fuck around or whatever. And she looks at him with the most heartbroken face and says, I thought you wanted me there because I'm good at my job. <laughs> It was yeah. so hard to watch. Yeah, dude, that was uh it's kind of funny though, because like Ryan's character Dean comes in and he's like, Are you the one that's emailing my wife? And like so yeah. he kind of knows what's going down. Is that like what what do you think of that? Is that like a thing where like guys can pick up on that? Like, why is this guy emailing my wife all the time? Like, oh, he probably wants to fuck her. Yeah, I don't know. I think I don't know if they were trying to insinuate that uh, Dean had a clear uh, understanding that the doctor was trying to do that, or maybe it could have just been that guys can be jealous because that was another point where I was like, yeah, I'm I'm literally Ryan Gosling. I'm literally <laughs> Dean because I get jealous of stuff like that. Like Gato will have uh, male friends that like text her all the time, and it would be related to like work or whatever. And it's totally just platonic, but I'm still like, there's still just a part of me that's like, oh, like I get so uh, uh, jealous because of that. So that was so, that was super real to me. I do. I wouldn't say I get jealous. It's weird. Like, it's like, um, it's like something that you pick up on it. Like, at least for me, it is like, Mm -hmm. there are like some guy friends that uh, my past girlfriends that have that have had where I'm just like, Oh, like fine. Like, that's cool. Like, that's just like, that's just their friend. And I've had instances where I've met some of the other friends and I'm like, nah, like, like you have like another intention, like for sure. And then that's when I kind of get jealous, but I also like, yeah, I don't like to show vulnerability like that. So I'll kind of make a joke out of it. So sure, be like, yeah. oh, oh, are you texting a uh, Mark? What did Mark say? What does Mark want to do? <laughs> and it's it's trying to make it like I try to make it into like a funny little like tone, like I'm making fun of it, but it's also like sure, no, nah, like what the hell? Like this dude's obviously trying to do something. Yeah, and um, then I, I think about the the flip side too. Uh, whenever you might have a friend that is a woman and maybe your girlfriend or whoever you're dating is just like, well, what the fuck, what's up with that? And the first thing in your head is like, what are you talking about? Like, that's just yeah. my friend. Like I, what? But um, yeah. And I totally like would doubt myself in that situation. But in this one, Dean is 100% correct that the doctor is trying to fuck Cindy <laughs> and he ends up punching him right in the face. And um damn man that scene was so guttural to watch it made me so nervous and anxious yeah um but at the same time good for dean fuck that guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude like when that happened i remember watching when i was younger and i was like fuck yeah like fuck that doctor dude guy's a fucking asshole once wants a cindy to move towns over and forget them so they can just hang out and fuck like, no, hell no. Good on you, Dean. But when I watched it now, I was like, holy shit. I wonder what the hell this is going to do to Cindy's like career. Yeah. Or yeah. not even that. Just like, 
like just because I mean in some um in some settings like that's pretty normal there's mm-hmm. probably no repercussion from that happening yeah. but in the setting of like where this is a hospital and it's where she works and that's like her boss like just punching someone in the face not only that but making it worse by saying what do you have a glass jaw or something oh like, yeah <laughs> like i was like fuck her she's for sure gonna get fired and i yeah, think she knew I, it too like yeah, when they go into the parking lot after maybe i'm misremembering but i could have sworn that the doctor does say something like pack up your shit cindy or like get out of here or like i don't know if she does get fired but i think you're totally right and if i were to watch this when it came out i would have totally been on dean's side uh but now I look at it. The first thing I thought of was Cindy's job. She's probably going to lose it. And then also him getting arrested for punching a guy like Yeah, he could have totally got arrested. And I think, again, that plays into Dean. He's just so happy-go-lucky to the point where he's he thinks like a kid. He thinks like a teenager. And he, he hasn't moved on since when he first met Cindy. He's still that same person. And it's just, it's killing him. It's fucking up everything around him. There is, um... A line that he says, though, when they're in the motel, when they're having that discussion and he says, like, this is my passion. Like, my passion is my family. Like, my this is like what I truly want to do. Like we kind of said earlier that it was kind of like a jab, a jab at her when he said, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a father. I didn't want to be someone's dad. Yeah. Um, But then he follows it up with. But I never realized that. I love it so much. I'm obviously not, this isn't like quote for quote, but he's saying, he's basically saying like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, which is be a husband and be a father. So there, there is like a thing with it, with his character specifically, like maybe his passions, like in the wrong place. Yeah. Because obviously, punching your wife's boss in the face and getting drunk just to have sex with each other is not being very like a very passionate husband or a passionate yeah, father being a fucking idiot. <laughs> and, uh, and like you pointed out earlier uh, at, in this, and what I like in the last part of the movie is that we cut back and forth between the past and the present very fa- very quickly, more, way mm-hmm. more quickly and we uh, get to see that uh, Dean is not the father of Cindy's daughter. It's it's Bobby's child, but he decided to raise her because Bobby's an asshole. But um, the final scene that uh, uh, culminates at Cindy's dad's house, and they're having this big fight. And Cindy has already told him, like, I want this to be over. I've fallen out of love with you. I want to get a divorce. And he starts crying. And... I would have taken the scene way more seriously, but I do. The first thing I thought about when he starts crying is that, oh, this is the scene uh, from that Vine video of that guy trying to spoon feed Ryan Gosling cereal. (laughs) (laughs) This is really got it, bro. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Uh, I did not have, I, I was so into that scene. I think just like seeing people cry in film makes me want to cry. And like, just all the, all the back, story behind it like yeah. his 
family is pretty much getting crushed in this idea that he had uh, of what he was going to grow into is like being toppled over. But I completely forgot that that was the vine where he's trying it's to feed so, him cereal. That's so perfect too. That one's my favorite because uh, he uh, he covered his mouth yeah. to like cover his cry. <laughs> it looks like he's covering his mouth from the cereal. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh but, man. um that scene's so gut wrenching yeah. though. And he kinda like starts banging on the wall because he like can't muster like what he's hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like that's such good acting on his part. Cause I was even me, I like as bad as their relationship scenes seems, um watching that, I was like, Oh fuck, it's over. No. <laughs> well, um all right, this might be too personal of a question if you don't want to answer it, but me and Emilio both have parents that are divorced. When your parents got <laughs> divorced, uh, did you ever reach a point in your life where you were like, God, God damn, thank God. <laughs> like, I'm good with that now. Oh, yeah. Or dude. do you still wish? Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I think a few years ago I realized, realized it. I was just... Yeah. Um, the, the, the weird thing, I think, um, that kids or not kids necessarily but um adults as they get older when they come from like divorce is that you kind of begin to see things from a more like um human perspective rather than like this is my mom and dad whereas i was like like these are two people that really tried and Mm -hmm this was definitely like for the best cause it could have gotten like way worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I, that's how I felt watching the last scene. It was heartbreaking, but at the same time it, it just needed to happen. They were shitty for each other. They're horrible. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to point out is the actor who plays the daughter. She's like maybe four or five. She does such a good job at just playing a kid. Because oftentimes you'll see kids that are actors and they'll be like just too shitty or they'll be too yeah uh, pronounced with their emotions. But also the writing is good too because I feel in a bad movie they would have had the, the the little girl ask a question to like Dean or something and be like, what's wrong, daddy? Or something like that. And like kids kids don't give a shit. They will never ask that like a question yeah. like that. They don't care. And in, in the last scene, Dean is leaving. He's crying. It's over. And she the kid runs up to her wanting to play and she doesn't understand what's going on but she knows it's sad and she just starts crying and that's it and she never asks like what's going on this or that or whatever and i thought that was fucking perfect like they nailed the writing for that kid so yeah Yeah. that was awesome i think it's also uh like because kids are so like egotistical (laughs) yeah up until they're like just yeah up until they're probably 18 (laughs) but um yeah and they nailed that That's... yeah she it was just like a little kid like not understanding what was going on around them which i'm sure will like affect that character as they get older um one note that i did want to add is that this is a ryan gosling jacket movie he has a badass leather jacket when he's younger. Dude, his jacket is yeah, I that too. Yeah, he has like a, a leather jacket that has like a white and a red stripe that mm-hmm. goes down vertically. And uh, I remember seeing this look uh, or like an Instagram photo of him wearing this in a in a movie, and I never knew which movie it was from. You're 
absolutely right. It's fucking iconic. I scoured the internet trying to find that brand of jacket. <laughs> Dude, I it was bad, man. When I was in high school, I was like obsessed with Brian Gosling. It's it, it's funny to talk about it now because it, it's like a it's like a joke in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I scoured the internet, and it led me it's to a f- find uh, crazy websites that celebrities buy their shit from, <laughs> like super <laughs> expensive, really generic looking stuff. That's like a two hundred dollar pocket t shirt. It's so funny because like I've known you since high school. I I, I didn't know that you're so obsessed with this boy. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I think man. I have like an attention deficit disorder or something to be like this <laughs> obsessed over somebody. Um, I mean, but not even I'm in not- like, not even in like a crazy, not in like a crazy obsessive way or anything like that. You know, um, it's, it's actually really healthy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really, uh, they, I think they took a branded jacket and they just altered it a little bit. But that jacket is Makes very sense. hard to find. Because the, there's nothing that I found that was like, uh, uh, I'm not link, I'm not savvy with fashion lingo, but there was nothing that was really like on. There was nothing really produced that looked like that, from what I oh, can okay. find. Should we find some and wear them for the for an upcoming record? <laughs> we should wear the drive jackets. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do that. I do. Right, well, I then. do want to. I did Sorry. find uh, the one from the place beyond the pines, though. I never bought it because it's expensive. In that one? Yeah. Have you seen I, that movie? I think one time I watched it with you, and that was maybe like five or six years ago. So no, I don't really remember it too much. We must have been we drunk because I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, we definitely watched it together. So gotta watch it again. I don't remember it. All right. So then. Let's give this thing a score, man. One out of five. What do you feel? Honestly, yeah, I'd, I'd give it a five. Um, it's great acting, great writing, great directing. Um, the story cuts very deep. Uh, there are some things that are obviously corny about it, but I think that's what makes it the film that it is. I mean, I, I, yeah, I would, I would give it a five out of five. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, I was going to be incredibly harsh to this movie, but as it sat with me, it, it just felt super real and tangible. I know I said real like a thousand times to describe this movie, <laughs> but it's truly how it feels. It, it's such a slice of life movie. And even the things that are cringy that you see in the past also feel like they actually happened. I think like we talked about, I think about my, our time in high school and I could, if someone made a movie to go focusing on now and then back then it would also have cringy, dumb shit like that. So, well, yeah, I liked it a lot. I'm probably going to watch this very often because it is a hard watch and it brings up emotions of a broken family, but I will give it a <laughs> five out of five. Um, would you watch this with Caro? I would. Yeah. Um, I think it is maybe a good tester of where a relationship is. If you can get through this and not have a fight, then you're in a pretty good spot. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll watch this and I'll report back. Uh, okay. In the pantheon of Ryan Gosling's films. So S being top tier all the way down to E, where do you place this one? 
Hmm. Um, I think I would put it like at S, maybe like a little bit leaning down toward A, but I mean, it's a really solid, really, really solid performance. Yeah, I think that his his performance is really good. He comes off like a likable douchebag. <laughs> He's really good at pulling that off. Uh, I would give it an, a strong A. I don't think it's his best work ever, but I, I would give it an A. Like it's it's something I I will definitely recommend to people. Uh, okay, last thing. Hey man, it's the it's the it's what's it called? The point of this podcast. Are we literally him? Do you literally see yourself as Dean? I do in some aspects of, you know, like I said, like that stubbornness of sticking something out. Um, I would say I am kind of like a, a hopeless romantic in a sense. Um, but as far as like knowing when like a ship is sinking, I know to jump off of it. Um, another aspects i'm trying to think like being like a little witty i guess or trying to make fun or be funny in situations that are meant to be serious like i can also be like that so i'd say maybe about like 25 percent. i'm literally him uh we both also have drinking problems so there's that too <laughs> um but I I completely agree with you. I think that Dean's character is very intense when he wants to be. And then the rest of the time he can be really laid back. And I find myself being that way too. When something's going bad, I can be really intense about things like, oh shit, I got to do something. But for the most time, I'll for the most part, I'll just be relaxed and not show like I'm that invested until things go really bad. Then I'll start to panic a little bit. Um mm-hmm. I also feel that I can be super intense when it comes to like loving someone and I totally related to Dean with that. So I'd say like good, healthy 30, 40% literally. (laughs) It's a healthy serving. Yeah. Maybe too much because Dean (laughs) is a kind of a piece of shit. So (laughs) damn, I really want to find that jacket. Now that kind of instilled that thing back in me. I think we should, we should tell, I think we should have an episode where we dress up like our favorite character. <laughs> but um, if it's Dean, then we got to find, if we find the jacket, let's just buy it. Two of them. If it's Dean, I'm going to dress in the jacket and, and uh, recede my hairline a little bit. Yeah, I'm already there, so I don't need to do much. <laughs> All right, y'all. That I guess that does it for this episode of Literally Him. And we're going to return next week. And we're going to put this into record so we commit to it. But we're going to watch The Nice Guys. And we're going to get drunk like The Nice Guys and record in person. And we'll see what happens. All right. We'll see you next time. See you guys next time.